0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Questions. I'm here with Pastor Joel, and we have a a really interesting question from Stephen today. He asks, why is confrontation necessary,
1: and how can Christians do it in a biblical way? That's a great question. Thanks, Stephen, for writing in. Uh, Let's look at Titus chapter 1, verse 9. Um, The Apostle Paul is the human author inspired by the Holy Spirit, He's giving a list of qualifications for elders, pastors in the church. He does this in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He also does it in Titus chapter 1. Uh, Verse 9 is um, a portion of this list, uh, speaking to qualifications for elders, pastors. Uh, Paul writes this, Holding to the faithful message as taught, so that he, that is the elder, will be able both to encourage with sound teaching and to refute those who contradict it. Uh, The ministry of a pastor in the Church of God, in regards to their public teaching ministry, it's twofold. It's to teach that which accords with sound doctrine, encouraging others by teaching that which is true, But then the other side of the coin is that he must be able with courage and resolution to refute those who contradict it. Notice he says, refute those, not just refute that. So I think there's um, a misconception in many churches today that, that a pastor should, first and foremost, just teach what's true. And those things that are false, just kind of, just leave it alone, right? Don't don't build the church on the back of what we're not, on the back of what we don't believe, but build the church on, on the foundation of uh, who we are and what we do believe. But the Bible the Bible says that we need to do both. The Bible says that we need to teach that which is true and refute those, not just that, but those who are false. Uh, let, let me give you another text. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3, As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, so that you may instruct certain people not to teach false doctrine. Uh, again, he he says certain people, or some texts say certain persons. The Apostle Paul doesn't just say, You need to correct certain ideas, certain concepts, certain doctrines, Uh, but he says you need to charge, that is, correct, confront um, certain people, those individual people who are promoting these doctrines. Uh, Part of the Christian life is inevitably confrontation. Now, all this is in regards to a pastor. Uh, but I think that, in a nutshell if i could if I could differentiate uh, the primary distinction between all followers of Christ and pastors, it would be this: all followers of Christ should be spiritually mature, and all that is included in that, and all elders, all pastors in the Church of God must be spiritually mature. In a nutshell, that's what we see in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and in Titus chapter 1, when it comes to the qualifications for elders or pastors, it's that an elder must be. An elder must be the man about one wife. He must not be given to too much wine. He must be above reproach. the The phrase that we see again and again is that an elder must be, but the reality is that all Christians should be. So an elder must be spiritually mature. And a part of spiritual maturity in the list of qualifications that that we find in Scripture for pastors is an elder must be able to teach. And in being able to teach, this contains a a two-sided coin. On one side, he must be able to teach in that containing the ability to promote true doctrine. And in being able to teach, he must also be able to refute false doctrine. So an elder must be able to teach, but I think that we could say from scripture that all Christians should be able to teach. Now, we're not all going to have the same level of gifting, but all Christians should be able to know sound doctrine and communicate that doctrine to others because all Christians are commanded by Christ to make disciples. Part of making disciples is teaching people Christ's commands, Christ's word, Christ's doctrine. So an elder must be able to do this, but all Christians should be able to do this. And doing this, teaching others, it includes two things, teaching what's true and refuting what is false. And in refuting what is false, that also, according to scripture, includes refuting those who are false. Part of the Christian life means that we, in courage and in love and in truth, we confront people who are promoting things that are false about Jesus. We, we can't do anything other than that if we truly love God and His people. If we love God, the glory of God, and we love the sheep, we love God's people, then then we are commanded, we are obligated and bound to protecting God's people by confronting that and those who would seek to do them harm. We don't need to be mean-spirited. We don't need to be harsh. But we do need to be bold and courageous. We cannot be a faithful Christian and make it through the entirety of the Christian life without confrontation. A life without confrontation ultimately, I think, reveals a life without passion, without zeal, without love. I mean, all of us have corrected someone about something. Even the most meek and mild among us have probably at least corrected one person on one thing over the course of our lives. And I would challenge you just to think about that and think, You know, in the few confrontations that perhaps I have had, what were they about? I'd be willing to bet uh, that in most of our confrontations, what we were willing to correct someone over was their misperception of us. Why? Because we really love us, don't we? I love me. And if somebody's got the wrong perception of me, oh man, no matter how shy I might be, if somebody again and again, I might let it slide a few times, but but if the same person continues to promote something that's untrue, a misperception about myself, eventually, no matter how scared I might be, eventually, I'm going to want to set the record straight. I'm going to want to clear it up. Eventually, I will confront them. Why? Because my love for my own reputation drives me to it. So how come I won't do that when it comes to God? Well, The answer is simple. We may not like it, but the answer is simple. It's because we love ourselves more than we love God. We're okay with people lying about God just so long as they don't lie about us. If someone lied about us again and again and again to our family and to our friends, it began to to misshape people's perception and image about us. It began to have a negative impact on our relationships, our reputation, our livelihood. Eventually, we would say something. So, uh, do we love God as much as we love ourselves? If not, then I think we should be convicted. I think that we should seek the Lord in prayer and in his word and desire to repent. When you love something enough to protect it, you will at times be required to confront. So that would be my answer. Thank you, Pastor Joel. And and thank you,
0: Stephen, for writing in that question. And wherever you're watching, uh, whether it's on our website or social media, uh, please send us in your questions. We'd love to answer those on future episodes. And we hope to uh, see you next time on Questions. As a special thank you for your gift of any amount, we'll be happy to send you a free digital book from our store. To access this offer, visit rightresponseministries.com offer. We highly recommend Pastor Joel's book, Am I Truly Saved? If you or someone you know has wrestled with doubts about the love of God, this would be a great resource. As a reminder, to get this offer, go to rightresponseministries.com offer. And thank you for your generous support.